Oh, we are back to the field, baby. Welcome, everyone, to episode 13. I know it's been a long time since we've given y'all an episode and wanted to give y'all one more episode before the end of the year. You know what we're covering, the NFL, hokey football, and as always, just giving our takes on games of the week. Before we get into it, just want to give a huge shout out to all of our listeners out there. Uh, Without y'all, we would probably still be doing this because we really don't give a fuck. A huge shout out to Andre and Nick for coming out and helping us with our Jeopardy episode. It was a blast doing it. We'll probably be doing much more of those episodes in the next year to come. So for one last time for the year 2019, go ahead, sit back, crack open that beer, and as always, listen responsibly. Let's get it. go to get this shit started it's been a while uh i actually gave our last episode that we recorded the uh what do you call it like the family feud or the like the jeopardy thing that we did so I, the only reason i didn't post it is just because like it wasn't the greatest of quality of sound but it was like something fun to like do and like listen to like i was like going back and like listening to it um, I think it would have been a little bit better if we had a bigger group as well, but I mean, whatever, like for next time. Um, but this week, right? I know it's been a while. So I thought just before we, um, kind of end the regular season, uh, obviously college is the regular season is pretty much done. Uh, first college playoff game starts this Friday and then, you know, we can go ahead and transition that bitch into the NFL as we've only got two weeks left. Um, for a lot of teams, uh, these next couple games are going to decide, you know, wildcard positioning and uh, who can kind of get that first, either that first round by, which I think most of the teams have locked up, but um, that all important hosting of a playoff game. So probably let's just go, you know, into college first. Um, I mean, you got shit ton of fucking bowl games but let's um maybe let's just kind of quickly touch up on tech so we got we drew kentucky in in the good old belk bowl which i feel like for the past four years we've been going to the belk bowl yeah it seems like almost every other year we go there or some shit shit bowl correct um kentucky you know a, a middling sec team so Definitely good, you know, if we can win for us to, you know, it's definitely a nice win for us to have on the radar. Um, Kentucky is a pretty much run-only offense. Uh, I'm just looking at, like, their last season game, which was against Louisville. Uh, they had two two attempts for throws for four yards. While rushing, their quarterback had 22 carries for 282. So, yeah, uh, I mean, their quarterback used to be a receiver, so apparently he doesn't know how to throw. I don't know if he played quarterback in high school or something like that, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I think they had like 500 plus yards of rushing last game and like whatever their two attempts. I don't even know if they were completed. Yeah, they were. They were. So they had one for two for uh, for four yards. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So um, it, it should be interesting, right? Just because 
like you look at you look at one side where the teams are going to be able to just say, all right, all we have to do is stop the run. They aren't throwing the ball. But then you can kind of look on the other side as well and saying, oh, well, you know, what if Kentucky just decides that, you know, let's continue with our game plan. Let's run, run, run when the cornerbacks start to sort of droop down and kind of get closer to the linebacker position than just like heave one bomb like down the field, which we have been susceptible for. But I mean, I don't want to spend too much time on this. I think that we should definitely win. Um, this is nowhere like, you know, a UVA type team, which I hate to bring up, but like there's no threat of the quarterback running and throwing the ball, right? We really just got to watch out for the run. We stop the run, then, I mean, we're, we're pretty much going to take this. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, of uh, the biggest kryptonite of Tech's defense, or even just say Bud Foster in general, has always been a team that's had a dual-threat quarterback, as you said. You know, just look at uh, the UVA game. Just couldn't contain him, or at least couldn't contain him early on. You had to make an adjustment, and that was, you know, you dig yourself a hole too deep, and it's sayonara. So, uh, yeah, this could be interesting. I don't think I've ever remember playing a team that's solely just run, even even like a triple option. Maybe like Georgia Tech's the best one, and triple option was kind of uh, uh, Bud Foster's kryptonite too. But uh, this is not a triple option. This is just purely like handed off, straight up RPO, just without the the P. It's yeah. it's just run options and not triple options. Just like but, I mean, I'm probably going to be like a crap ton of like jet sweeps, like yeah, you know, sweeps, pistol formations or something like that. Yeah, jet sweeps, handoffs, QB uh, dives or sneaks, and uh, yeah, it, it should be interesting. So I, I got to imagine they'll be ready, but you know, it's hard to prepare for a team that you've never really seen or played against. So correct, it, it'll be interesting. Um, yeah, so uh, we will be playing that game, I believe, uh, just looking at it. Uh, completely lost it. Ah, uh, there we go. So on New Year's Eve, so a nice little, you know, pregame game to watch as you're uh, getting ready to ring in the new year. But moving on to probably the more, probably the most watched games of this entire thing. So we got the Fiesta Bowl and the Peach Bowl. Uh, we got Oklahoma versus LSU, four versus one, and then Clemson versus Ohio State. Um, probably start off with the more easier one to call. I think LSU should be able to handle Oklahoma. Uh, I don't want to say easily. Um, I, I don't want to take away any credit, you know, away from you know CD Lamb and uh, Jalen Hurts and the rest of the Oklahoma offense. Um, I'm just kind of looking at it more from the opposite sides of the ball where I think Joe Burrow and that, and that offense should be able to easily roll against, um, a big 10 defense. Right. So, um, anything different yeah, you want to uh, add on to that? I mean, I think LSU is going to win this. I think this is LSU's year. Um, uh, being in, uh, the Mercedes Benz stadium in Atlanta, Georgia, you're going to have a huge following of a lot of tiger fans are going to be in there. You'll probably see probably 60, 40 LSU to Oklahoma fans. So it's almost, almost going to feel like a home game for them. Uh, LSU's offense is superior. Same thing with Oklahoma's neither's defenses are great, but I still give the edge to LSU and their defense just being more physical, a little more fast, 
Um, Oklahoma, we thought in the beginning of the year they had a better defense, but you know, as as the season went went on, maybe they got tired, maybe they were dealing with injuries, but it seemed like every game, you know, the defense kind of gave up more big plays, more yardage, more points. Um, and I just I, I just think LSU being the more physical team, you know, they have the best uh, defensive back in Delphit. Uh, they have the best uh, receiver, at least in this matchup. Right, two of the best receivers. You could both say C.D. Lamb on Oklahoma, and then you have Jordan Jefferson uh, at LSU. Uh, but uh, you know, Joe Burrow is probably the X factor. He's been the best quarterback, completing at an amazing seventy-eight percent for the year. Um, but this should be a fun game to watch. I mean, both games should be fun. Both this, both semifinals. But I, I do. St- I mean, I, I expect this to be like a about forty to thirty type of game. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, and I think I, I misspoke earlier. I said Oklahoma was Big Ten, they're uh, Big Twelve, but yeah, I think for no, you're you know, right. You're right. Oklahoma's Big Ten, Big Twelve is Ohio State. Nope, 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 nope. It's Big no. Twelve. You're right, Big Twelve. Big, Other way around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ohio State's Big Ten. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think out of like the rest of the Big Twelve teams, yeah, like you said, I think Oklahoma definitely has a a better defense, but you know, with Joe Burrow winning the Heisman and then, um, you know, I, I just think that offense and that run game should, should be able to take care of business. But like you said, it should be very interesting to see, um, kind of these top, top, probably one of the, let's just say top five receivers, um, in this upcoming draft, at least, or at least the top five receivers of this last year, um, should be very interesting to see how the game, ends up playing out um lines haven't been set yet or actually over under has been set at seven and 75 and a half and uh, oklahoma's getting 14 points so um yeah i'm it, probably i'm probably taking the points i don't see it being that big of a discrepancy yeah yeah i don't i don't either um but moving on to probably what i think will be the more exciting game which is going to be clemson versus Ohio State. Um, right now, oddly enough, Ohio State is getting the two points. So, I, I mean, you could call it a pick 'em almost uh, over under set at sixty three. But uh, I think this game should be the more intriguing game, right? You have two very prolific quarterbacks in Lawrence and Fields. Uh, I mean, even the run the run game behind Etn and uh, what's his name. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, I think it is something like that, um, and and obviously on the receiving side, I mean, I really don't know anyone for Ohio State, but I think T. Higgins is probably going to be the focal point of this game. Wouldn't be surprised if Ohio State's you know has a cornerback and maybe like a free safety just kind of shadowing, just double teaming Higgins because I mean that guy, including C.D. Lamb, are just cheat codes. I mean it's insane how good those guys are. Yeah, so so Ohio State doesn't really have like a go-to receiver. Like actually, Clemson has more than one. Not just T. Higgins, but they have uh, Justin Ross, uh, who's oh, yeah. just as good. Not as good, but he's pretty much their one B to T. Higgins one A. Um, you know, you have the I believe uh, uh, I'm not going to pronounce pronounce his name right, but Ohio State's uh, best cornerback going to be a probably top ten pick, uh, Jeff Okra, something like that. Uh, so he'll probably try to lock down T Higgins, but you have Ross on the other side that I, I think is going to expose Ohio State uh, defensive wise, unless they can get to the quarterback. You know, they have the less mobile quarterback of the two in. Um, 
you know, has in Clemson with uh, Trevor Lawrence. But if you give him enough time, he's going to pick apart that defense. Uh, but if you get to him, you know, hopefully, you know, Ohio State's banking on um, uh, what's Chase his Young. name? Um, Chase, Chase Young, Young, yeah, to get after yeah. and hopefully put pressure on him. Hopefully, free up other guys on the D line because uh, they're probably going to be double teaming him or trying to, you know, maybe the tight ends do a couple of hip checks to get him off his stance. But uh, if they can't get to him, I see Clemson winning this. Uh, and, you know, Ohio State, they're probably getting two points for a reason. I, I think uh, Clemson is the better of the two, even though they're three versus the two in the rankings. Uh, but, man, I, I would not be surprised if Ohio State won. They are just so good. You know, again, I think they're the most balanced team. You know, they might not be the greatest offense. They might not be the greatest defense, but they probably have yeah. like top three in both uh, amongst yeah. the four teams we have here. And I think we kind of covered this earlier in the year as well, where um, I think you had said the same thing about Ohio State. Ohio State just kind of being the overall just like better team, um, you know, on both sides of the ball. So, um, if you're taking, I'm probably going to take Clemson as well. Um, it, it, like I said, this is probably going to be the more interesting game. Uh, I have a Clemson, uh, a Clemson LSU being the championship game, and I, you know, I, I really don't see many teams stopping LSU. Yeah, I have the uh, exact it, same title game. Um, would be interesting to see, you know, Oklahoma, uh, what's it called, Ohio State versus uh, LSU play, just because. You know, if you look on uh, most NFL drafts, which we can kind of use this into the segue, but uh, Chase Young and Joe Burrow are, um, are are your one-two punch. I mean, you can you can take them in either of those positions, but I don't really don't see them dropping uh, dropping below three, uh, which that would be very very interesting. Wouldn't that be something if it was like uh, what call LSU and Ohio State, and then during the game, like Chase Young just absolutely wrecked. Burrow and it like <laughs> yeah. it caused him an injury to like have surgery and then oh, then you have Cincinnati at number one like oh shit do we draft this ho- hometown boy he grew up in Ohio went to Ohio State before he transferred to uh, LSU and you know perfectly just like how you know they uh, what was that other QB in the past where he grew up in the town and they, they drafted the pro team drafted them I'm trying to think um, I mean if it wasn't recent I, I probably don't know Oh my God, it's killing me because he grew up in the same like state, and it was. Pro- I'll think of it later, anyways. But that would be hilarious, not really, but kind of hilarious. To yeah, make you know that would just blow up the draft if you know, <laughs> just Chase Young just absolutely just decked. Him. Yeah, Chase Young. I mean, it's and we could probably maybe just end on this point for college, but I mean, look at what happened to Tua. Right, Tua's been injured the last couple games, and. uh his draft stock and his Heisman hopeful and him being what people may have said as the, you know, a top three, if not a top two pick, I mean, that, that kind of all went out the window, right? Uh, so there is that possibility. It it will be very interesting to see, um, you know, just how LSU handles Joe Burrow. But I think the competitor that he is, I mean, he'll, he'll play out. And um, obviously, if it is a Clemson-LSU showdown, he, at least Joe Burrow doesn't have your like Dexter Lawrence's of the world to worry about on the other side of the D line, which in that case, I think that would be a big issue. And I would be very, very intrigued to see how, uh, how LSU manages, um, manages the star. Well, play. I, I just don't think Clemson's D line is as great 
as it was last. I mean, it's oh, really, really hard to be better than last year. I mean, like, I just there's almost two or three first round picks, and then the one that did return is probably going to be a first round pick. Yeah, the other guys have filled in the place, but they're not as good as last year. That's why. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, let's uh, kind of segue that bitch into the NFL. Uh, what do we got? Week 15, or sorry, week 16. Uh, only two more weeks of football left. Uh, a lot of teams are on the cusp. A um, lot of, I want to say a lot of big games. Um, it really, I think these last two weeks just come down to uh, more from a fan perspective. Uh, I mean, you have a lot of games that will determine future draft picks, a lot of games for teams like myself that will determine playoff hopes. Um, and then there's just teams that are kind of fighting for that first first round buy or even a um, or kind of hosting a playoff game as well. But I, I mean, I know we usually do game picks and stuff like that. I didn't really do much research. Um, obviously, I won't give you you know, uh, I mean, I'm obviously going to be watching the Eagles Cowboys game, so I probably won't do that. But maybe just a game to kind of pick out for this week, which would be really interesting, is going to be the Bills versus Patriots game. Um, I was going to say that is a huge game because that could determine the division winner. They're only down; they're only a game behind they, as in the Bills, are behind one game behind the Patriots. Uh, even you know, if the Bills win, they'll have the exact record at I believe 11 and four. Uh, yep. And they would have split their, um, you know, head-to-head, two head-to-head games that they've had this season with New England winning, I think, in like the first, you know, week three or four, I forget. Um, and so whoever gets a tiebreaker after that, I'm not sure. Maybe division record, I believe, which probably gives the edge to the Patriots. Um, but, you know, if they Bills win that and the Bills win next week and the Patriots lose to whoever they play next week, I'm not sure who it is. Um the Bills win the division, and that would be kind of monumental because Patriots haven't lost or haven't won the – or have not uh, not won the division in probably, I think, 15 years or something yeah. like that. So, so Patriots end their season with the Dolphins. Oh, okay. um, oh well, fuck, never mind. I, I mean, true, but also the Dolphins are like – I mean, you saw what they kind of did against, you know, the Eagles and even the Giants for that matter. Like, yeah, they didn't win, but – I mean, they're a team that are playing with nothing to lose, right? I mean, at this point, they, they could really just destroy the Patriots' hopes. Um, yeah, but I no, I it agree. Depends on if if the Patriots have something to play for, whether that's seeding, uh, whether it's a division. Um, if something's already locked up, then there's a chance that they might bench them, but uh, you know, bench their starters, and then it would be good for or a better chance for Dolphins to win, and you know, while playing with house money, um, but. I don't think so. I think there'll still be something on the line for the Patriots, whether it's the division or better seating uh, in the AFC. Yeah, I agree. Because I think right now in the AFC, obviously the uh, I think the Baltimore Ravens have the number one spot. Um, I think it's between them and Kansas City. I think they just need to win one more, I believe, and they need Kansas City to lose for uh, for Baltimore to lock it up, but. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've said this time and time again, and it kind of showed last week, but Brady is, you know, Brady's age is finally sort of like rearing its rearing its head. Uh, I mean, if you saw the like last week's game, like Brady is just afraid to take some of those QB hits. 
Um, obviously, he's working with receivers that aren't able to get, you know, separation from the corners. Uh, Julian Edelman is still questionable for next week. So it'll be very interesting to see which possibly could be a um, a very rookie-heavy receiving core. I mean, you do still have James White in the backfield as, um, as you can say, as a semi-veteran. But, you know, uh, him and even Sony Michelle should be able to carry the workload. But um, this is not by any means a blowout game. I, I think this will be close. I mean, Buffalo Bills almost beat the Patriots, but Josh Allen went out uh, with on an injury in the fourth quarter of la- uh, last time they played. So very, very intrigued to see what happens. Bills are getting six and a half. Um, I'll see how that kind of... I'll probably be watching this spread a little more. If uh, if the Bills get like a seven and a half or even like an eight and a half as the game gets closer, uh, I would probably be. Uh, I'd be very kind of, surprised if it goes to eight. I'd be very surprised if it goes to eight, or let alone seven. I think yeah. it would be a close game. You got you got other other than that. Uh, you got some two other big games division wise. You have the Packers against the Vikings, who are a game out from uh, Vikings, a game out from the Packers. Uh, they play this weekend, so that's a huge game. And then you have your team, the Eagles, playing the Cowboys, I believe, on Sunday or Monday night. Yep. Uh, that's a huge division game. So, I mean, there. Are, I, I know you said it before, both big games this weekend. If you know, when it, again, whether it's division or playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I just didn't want like. I mean, yeah, I mean, I was going to be watching the Eagles Cowboys anyway. I just wanted to at least touch up on one game like outside of my game that I'd be watching. But yeah, you are correct about the um Packers and uh Packers and Vikings playing as well. Uh which is gonna be a, a very nice um Monday night game. Packers getting five and a half points. That's, That's ridiculous. Insane. Especially with Dalvin Cook still uh still being questionable. I mean he re injured his shoulder last week, which was pr- actually probably one of the reasons why I won my fantasy last week. But um I mean that's that's I mean, I'm that's betting huge that now. For, that's for fight, but huge. um, any other game you want to cover? You just kind of want to look at a current, current kind of playoff standings, right? So, um, I mean, just looking at it right now, uh, Ravens and the Chiefs have clinched their divisions, um, and Patriots and Bills have clinched the wild card. So it's really, and that's kind of from the AFC, uh, NFC, you got Seahawks, 49ers and Packers that have clinched wild card, which is interesting. Um, and only the saints have clinched the division. So, um, it should be very interesting to see how, uh, how the playoffs play out. Um, I think it's, fairly enough to say maybe let's just start with the nfc east right i think it's enough to say that no one from the nfc east is going to be making it that far in the playoffs um i think seahawks 49ers i mean all the rest of the teams right i mean even saint showed up last week jerry's breaking a couple records on his way to a pretty sizable victory um you know, Packers still hanging in there, you know, after first, I think it was a first week or so people thought, damn, you know, Packers might be regressing, but, uh, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is, you know, playing like an MVP, you know, he's playing like he wants it. Um, so it should be very interesting to see. I personally think that 
I think either the Saints or the 49ers will probably come out of this division. Um, I, I like the Seahawks as well, but more so just because of Russell Wilson. Um, you know, they don't have, and they do have a, you know, very stout defense, but especially with now Josh Gordon going out, um, it, it's going to have to be kind of pretty much Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and some rookies to kind of bring up that receiving core for, for Russell. So wouldn't be, wouldn't be surprised if we saw a lot more Chris Carson, Rashad Penny, but I don't know. I just think 49ers and Saints are just an overall better team. I'm not going to rule out the Packers, but I think the Packers are, again, sort of like the Seahawks in that it's going to have to be something magical from uh, from the QBs. What are you thinking for the Yeah, NCAA? I mean, if I had to pick someone, it really all depends, in my opinion, who gets the home field advantage. Um, I think that's huge in the NFL for some teams, as we've kind of discussed on other episodes. Um, you know, if the Saints have home field, I would probably take the Saints. If the Seahawks have home field, I'd probably take the Seahawks. Uh, 49ers... Nah, I could see him losing at home just because I'm still not enamored with their offense. They have a great defense, but I'm not wowed by it. You know, you have if you have Packers that have the you know home home games or you know, go through go through the Packers as the number one seed. You know, Lambeau and five degree weather and snowy, they're used to it. No other team is, and so I, I would. Yeah, I think it just all depends on. I, I'd like to kind of hold out until after week 17 and before I pick any of the. You know, if I had a gun to my head and I had to ask who do I think is going to make it to the, I'd probably say Saints. But again, I think this remains to be seen where everyone yeah. ends up. Uh, you know, standing wide on the N- NFC, and the same thing with the NFC or AFC. You know, or not really same thing. I, I think it will be. Yeah. Um, who knows? I, I I will never pick against the Patriots, especially if they have home field advantage throughout. Doesn't look like they will. Looks like Baltimore is going to have the number one seed. Um, you know, Baltimore plays Patriots, you know, will Belichick scheme up and kind of get revenge on their earlier season or midseason loss to them? Don't know. Um, so we'll see. It should be interesting. I just want to see what, what the standings look like after week 17 before really predicting. But right. having said that, I, th- I still think we're missing out on the two biggest games of the season or what we haven't talked about or spent enough time on. You have the bottom four feeders all playing each other. You have, and this is big for draft standing, you have the Dolphins <laughs> playing the Bengals, and you have the Giants playing the Redskins. Uh, even if the Bengals win, uh, they're still in the number one position because they have a two-game um, little spread between uh, the three other teams, um, or buffer, I should say. And then you have the loser of the Giants and Redskins game. Uh, no matter what happens to the Miami, even if Miami loses, I believe the tiebreakers are strength of schedule. Um, and so the loser of the Giants and Washington game is going to claim sole possession of the second seed or second pick of the upcoming draft, which is huge, as we all know which is most likely going to be Chase Young, as we kind of talked about early on. And he's pretty much the number one prospect. Everyone knows that Cincinnati's number one. They're going to take Burrow, most likely. And then now you have somebody at two looking at Chase Young. And if not, it's going to be a huge trade war to try to trade up and get the number one prospect. Kind of a can't-miss prospect, if you will. 
Let's also not forget about Detroit. I mean, Detroit's sitting at three and ten well, as well. That, so uh, I mean, they got that tie, which is kind of screwing them over. Ah, that is true. Yeah, yeah. They had that tie against Arizona. Yeah, I like think they, I think they've hung up Stafford like for the year. So you have these scrubs playing. I mean, they play the at Broncos, so they may win. I don't know. It's at is at Denver, and Denver's looking. You know, they have a good defense, and they finally turned to their rookie quarterback and Drew Locke. And then they end the season with the Packers. So you're looking at maybe an extra win, maybe. Yeah, maybe split it like one and one. Yeah, that so. makes sense. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's it's interesting you say that, and, you know, we can, uh, we can probably maybe end on that note. But as far as drafting for our specific teams, right, uh, I know – Throughout the year, we've sort of talked about the inefficiencies of our teams, uh, our teams being, you know, Eagles for me, Redskins for you, but just kind of talked about what the team needs, what we've seen throughout the year. Obviously, Redskins have sucked a lot more than, you know, most of the league. Uh, And I know we've uh, been going kind of back and forth with a lot of the guys in our group chat as well as to, you know, what the Redskins truly need. But maybe as like a true Redskins fan, right? If you were GM, you know, aside from specific players, obviously you're going to be drafting Chase Young. I think that's that's without a doubt. Um, anyone that says otherwise is an idiot. But who else, like, you know, what other, I guess, positions or I guess inefficiencies and gaps are you kind of looking to draft out, whether it be, you know, maybe the first, three, four rounds of the of the upcoming draft. You said first three or four rounds or picks? Yeah. Uh, just, I guess, you know, let's just say first three or four rounds, right? Or maybe if there's, uh, yeah, because there are probably going to be multiple picks. So why not say like first two rounds worth of picks, depending on how many picks yeah, you Yeah, I mean, have. as mentioned or haven't really mentioned this or you touched on it, like this draft is heavy, heavy, heavy loaded with – uh, receivers. I mean, you could easily see probably four or five going in the first round uh, with, you know, Jerry Judy. Uh, you have the Jordan Jefferson from oh, um, LSU. I'm sorry. Uh, you have T Higgins uh, out of Clemson. Uh, you have CD Lamb out of Oklahoma. Uh, and then you also have, um, I mentioned Jefferson out of, out of, out of LSU already, yeah. but um I mean, you could even throw in like Waddle as well yeah, so, from, know, from Alabama Waddle as well. Waddle would probably be the third. Uh, uh, that's who I oh, – no, Judy. Then you have – oh, Henry Ruggs, the third, who's probably the second best. And then you have Waddle, who probably could be a first-round pick too. And so what I would like to see, obviously I'd love, I'd love for Redskins to draft you know, Chase Young even though they don't need it. And if they don't take Chase Young, I'd love for them to – trade down, recoup some picks, maybe get like a two mid first round picks if available. Like, you know, for example, I know um, Oakland has, it's going to, Oakland's going to have like the number, I don't know, like 10 pick and they own the bears pick, which is like at 18 or 19 like that. So, you know, I would take those two picks plus another future first round pick and maybe some more for the number two overall, Um, you know, draft a, O-line, and then with that second first-round pick, take one of the receivers to pair up with Terry McLaurin and kind of give some, you know, whether it's Haskins at QB or, um, you know, somebody else, but at least you have Terry McLaurin and another good young receiving target slash threat that you can build around. Um, 
And then of course with Trent Williams probably not playing ever again, you gotta you gotta assess you gotta probably draft an offensive tackle and an offensive guard, hopefully in the second and third rounds. I haven't really looked at kind of like the depth of those, but those are what me, you know, me being selfishly about my team, that's what they need to go after. Yeah. No, I think I think that makes sense. Um I mean probably something fairly similar with with the Eagles as well. Uh, I mean, like you touched upon it, it, it is a very wide receiver heavy class. Um, and I think this is going to be a great season for the Eagles to add some depth to their offense. Um, I, I mean, I've, I've hated, hated, hated seeing Wentz kind of doing these like five yard, 10 yard throws, anything past like 15. It's almost like a flip of a coin. If, um, if we're going to make the completion and it's usually going to either Ertz or Goddard. Um, so kind of, you know, I don't want to take away from, from the, you know, the young guys that have stepped up and kind of your Greg Wards of the world, but um, you know, yeah, getting, we're probably not going to get your CD lambs, but you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, we pick up the receiver out of, um, out of Clemson uh, Ross or, um, even if we do end up picking up uh, Eric Waddle as well, it'll it'll give us enough enough speed on the outside to stretch the ball. Um, and then I think, like you said as well, except I think maybe not as much as the Redskins need, but kind of getting an extra guard or tackle to sort of take over for Johnson or Peters. Uh, I mean, I know we drafted Andre, Andre Dillard last year to kind of be Jason Peters' heir apparent, um, and Vitae has kind of been playing both the role for guard and tackle, but kind of getting one more support on that end. And then, I mean, as everyone knows, the entire damn secondary of the Eagles can just go. Like, there's not a single person, like, sure, maybe keep Malcolm Jenkins there just because, you know, you know he has probably held his own, but he's been injured. But everyone from Mills to Maddox to Rasul Douglas to, to Sidney fucking Jones, if there's a player on the Eagles that I do not hate more than Sidney Jones, dude, it is just aggravating to watch him cover, but we just need someone from the secondary. Um, and I haven't really done much research and we, you know, we'll probably do an episode as the draft gets closer, you know, months from now um, into the next year, but just kind of getting an idea of what the draft boards are going to look like and who to draft from the secondary. But yeah, dude, Eagles really, really, really need help on that end. Um, but yeah, dude, kind of a, kind of wraps up our uh, episode uh, what I think fourteen. Um, I, I was I was thinking about the uh, the other day and was would probably kind of put this on uh, uh on the Facebook when I when I kind of blast it out. But we have more episodes than Browns wins this season. So you know, yeah, <laughs> that's definitely something to you know to say. And I think that even includes. I wouldn't be surprised if we have more episodes than the Browns wins last year as well. I think Browns only won like what three, two, three, four games last year. No, yeah, oh, no, uh, no more than two. They're number one overall last year, so they're either like two and yeah. So, um, yeah, dude, it, it's been fun. We'll probably keep it going. Uh, I know others like I was been talking to a couple of people and um, want to definitely start transitioning this, you know, maybe into whether it be hockey or basketball, it'll be more interesting to see how we do the episodes. Cause obviously there's a shit ton more games for both sports. 
um, maybe might pivot this more into getting some of our friends on on here like remotely and um, just talking some shit about sports or you know we'll, we'll figure it out but you know as the holidays come on uh, I'm sure we will um, we'll kind of take it light but there won't be an episode next week uh, as I will be away for vacation so I think our next episode if I don't do a small one before the end of the year will probably be in a in year 2020 dude that's right baby 2020 but see ya 2020 man but all right dude catch you you later